Appamada's programmes and facilities are supported through your generosity. Your support really does make a huge difference. You'll find a link for contributions on the website at appamada.org forward slash contribute. Thank you so much. Let's begin <clears throat> uh, by, um, we're offering you an invitation basically to um, share anything in the larger group that you wrote yesterday, or maybe something that has arisen since then <clears throat> relative to um, making, creating a verbal expression of the value that you make in the world. So um, you probably enjoyed meeting with a person last night, and you might have something to say about that. But this is uh, a time for you to say, say a little bit of something in public and see what it's like, and also to listen to each other, to hear what's happening in a larger sense. Anything else about that? I, I always think it's uh, so heartening to hear people speak about their vows. Mm -hmm. um, or even about their struggles to figure out what their vows are, or even about trying to discover whether they have a vow. So, and sometimes for people who are new, that's a concept that's completely alien to their thinking about practice. So, um, so it's helpful, I think, to hear how each person is, uh, is sort of constructing that. Including whatever struggle there is around it, yeah. which is ordinary. We, we had a, a conversation right before this too, in which we, um, we're talking about often, often people will say, and we will say, that you're going to take a vow. But notice the difference in saying, I'm going to take a vow, I'm going to make a vow. Yeah, we were, we were saying, um, when we, you say take a vow, it sounds like the vow is something out here that you're now going to take. You're going to put it on. And you're going to decide to take it or not take it or whatever. But this sense of vow that we're talking about is something you make, and you make it through your embodied activity. What was the last word? You make it through your embodied, embodied activity. activity. Activity, okay. Yeah. Why we've been emphasizing that, I think. So we just, yeah. that's part of our conversation we've been having about it. So please, and, and online, of course, um, just raise your hand, and we'll try to make sure we note if something you'd like to share. It reminds me of the French proverb, there's no such thing as love. There are only acts of love. Mm -hmm. Buddha is good activity. <laughs> yes. Uh, I just was thinking of a, a photographer I met one time. Uh, one of his photographs was used on uh, for, for a book cover for Laura, uh, my wife. and. Um, uh, he was talking to me about photography and he said, you know, he doesn't take pictures, right. he makes pictures. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that is, that's a whole different frame of reference for him. To be taken, it's not, it's not acquisitive. And also making also carries that sense that it's something that is constructed, not something that just is there, right? It's something that we, we literally bring into being. If it were there, 
then you would have to go find it, then it would be this dualistic separation thing that you try to achieve. But if, it, if everything mutually arises, mutual cause out arises, then also about. So we'll shut up for you. <laughs> Could you just get in? I can just continue to expound on what I'm still trying to put words to when I was speaking about an inquiry, speaking about the beautiful way that you rewrote our Bodhisattva vow that we say in the morning. Um, <clears throat> and just the way that that has been unfolding for me, like this, this first part where it's like I'm efforting and then I can't effort anymore and I'm exhausted and then I've I'm held by the Sangha, and now we're taking the vow, and then the vow is, the vow holds it all, and it, this, this realization has <clears throat> continued over time after a conversation that I had with my dear friend Victoria, <clears throat> because she was asking me about it, and she said, will you recite it for me, and I did, and she, she was like, oh, similar to what your friend said, <clears throat> I would never take a vow, that's, that's really serious. And then I told her what it was, and she went, oh, so it, it already is. And that's, I, I feel that there's, there's something that happens in my body when I remember that I can rest back into what is, what already is. So thank you again and again and again for, the, for those words. And one of the, the gorgeous parts of our liturgy is that, among many, that we start with the refuges before that. It's like, oh, we return. Mm -hmm. And then that's the, a natural expression of that return, too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for me, it feels like I'm taking a vow every morning when I sit. Mm -hmm. And it's very personal. Because I'm taking a vow to bring my daughter with me that day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she was very much a part of this. Yeah. And she had a vow to carry this forward. So I, you know, I feel that, that's, that I need to do that for both of us. So that's so a shared, that. shared vow, actually. Yes, it is. It's, it's a it vow, and you're in it together. It is. Yeah. I've also heard, I don't know if this fits for you, but many surviving parents say, uh, I take a vow every morning and it is to get up again. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. To actually it. live another day with my child gone. That's it. Yeah. That's that as fundamental as it gets. Yeah. So every morning I've recited the Torah and Jay's Bodhisattva vow, um, you know, after my in and practice. And then I also recite I am a little church. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of meaning. It feels like it's part of it. Um, what? Well, yeah. Say more about that becoming form, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I usually have it in front of me. But, but just why did you choose that? Well, I've known about the poem for a long time. Um, we chose it for her memorial. She chose it herself for her 40th birthday, for a book of poems that she wrote out and gave to me. Mm 
And I think it's, it's really um, probably after I had gotten to a point like some months ago that I got it back out of the program and I, it just, it, I'm, I feel led by what I do. I don't decide it. It's just, that's what yeah, I needed yeah. to do. I know that feeling. And, um, I mean, I would cry every time I read it. Can, and um, so the last few times, I've had a few times when I didn't cry. <laughs> um, it's just an embodiment of how to live in the world. Yeah. And how I feel. I'm going to put you on the spot, lady. Can you? I can do it. She can do it. This is for, for everybody. This is for all of you. Um, but I love that you brought it to us as a vow. That's amazing. I am a little church, no Greek cathedral, far from the splendor and squalor of the hurrying city. And I don't okay, have. I'm going to stop you. Okay. Do you stand over here and look out? <laughs> sure. Because you're not, you can hear better. <laughs> yeah, but I might not remember it all. That's stumble. Okay. But um, do you want the whole thing? If you can, you do what you can. Okay. I, I just want to make sure people can hear. Oh, sure, sorry. Because it's, it's partly it's the hearing of it and partly it's the experiencing of it. No, I know you may not be able to see her. Clayton, okay. now you're hidden. Oh, Come over here. Rest. Sit in my chair. <laughs> I want to put my hand on Joel's shoulder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can sit down if you want. You can sit on the show, right? I am a little church. No great cathedral. Far from the splendor and squalor of the hurrying city, I do not mind when longer days grow longest. I am not sorry when sun and rain make April. My days are the days of the reaper and the sower. My prayers are the prayers of Earth's own clumsily striving, finding and losing and laughing and crying children whose every sadness or joy is my grief or my gladness. Around me surges a miracle of unceasing birth and glory and death and resurrection. Over my sleeping self float flaming symbols of hope and I wake to a perfect patience of mountains. I am a little church at peace with nature. I do not mind when shorter, briefer days grow briefest. I am not sorry when silence becomes singing. Winter by spring, I lift my diminutive spire to merciful her whose only now is forever. Standing erect in the deathless proof of her presence, welcoming humbly her light and proudly her darkness. I feel like we should do three prostrations. <laughs> Thank you. What's it like to hear it? Offered by a friend. Most lovely. It's like she read it for Kevin at a memorial. Well, Kev loved it when we read it 
in practice discussion group. So um, it lives on. She does. She does. <laughs> so I love how in, in Clayton read it with her in the memorial too. Yeah, you know, standing erect in the deathless truth of her presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that line's enough. So, um, in a way for me to carry her with me, and, uh, I, I, I wasn't to that point until a few months ago, but now I'm able to do that. And that shift that you made is what we're actually talking about, how by sharing these things. And what Clayton offered, you know, that's not a small offering. To bring herself forward like that, is it, and to, to let it move through you so powerfully, so I appreciate that immensely. But that's what a vow does, and how it echoes and moves. That's what this whole Dharma activity is for. <laughs> is that we begin to share these things? Then the question is, how what's how am I responding as I listen? What happens to me as I speak? What's it like to be in this? It's such a gift. Thank you for letting me do that. And it made me feel really close. And you said it's about to get up every morning. It's about to live, and that's how. Yeah. I, I haven't to not read, die. I haven't read it since I wrote it, but the vow that I wrote, that's how it started. How? Did you write it? Huh? What, can you tell me what it is? You mind? Well, I, I don't. You know, Ellen and I met and we got so involved in talking, we never got around to reading. Yeah. I was going to, and then the time was up. So I don't even Isn't that what here. happens when you fall in love? <laughs> <laughs> we get so involved in each other, you forget other stuff. We did. <laughs> so that just, you said there's a beginning that has to do with this? What is it's, it? It's I vow to live. That's how it starts. Yes. And that's how I start every day. Mm -hmm. I vow, I keep. About to live to keep turning toward life. There's lots of times when I want to turn away. Of course. Turning toward what's get turning toward what gets in the way of life. I vow to honor this gift of life. This gift of life that flows through my teachers to me. This world of vibrant, unceasing life all around me. The life of my daughter, which lives in and through me. I vow to choose this every day. Yes. To sit upright and choose it, no matter what. There's no turning back, only remembering with every breath. And there's more, but that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's powerful and elegant and raw and true. Thank you. If you are willing to write that up and allow us to have it, would that be okay? I mean, that part is beautiful, amazing. Okay. It'd really be helpful because we could use it in teaching. And then Kev would be teaching. Yeah. Thank you. 
So uh, my first vow was Boy Scout Oath. And I don't remember all of it, but something about being morally straight and help other people at all times or something. And something like awake, too. There was an awake there. It was kind of fun. And then I was talking. Oddly Buddhist. What? Oddly Buddhist. <laughs> or maybe I added that to it. I don't know. The awake part. The second thing I thought of was uh, my wife and I were very young. You know, and we didn't do any vows. Now people write vows, but we just did this kind of like went to the courthouse, like to get a driver's license. You know? So uh, that would have been probably good to to figure out what is it that we. But how this, long have you been figuring that out? Fifty-three. Yeah. Years. yeah. <laughs> that's the honeymoon thing she's talking about. That's how it happens. So, but this this Buddhist vow doesn't seem like something you I take or make it just seems to be happening and that's the only way i can yeah. describe it that, uh, and and the same with the art vow yeah so there's a funny story about um john cage was always torn between buddhism and his art and he didn't completely commit to buddhism because he had promised his teacher that art was this thing the, the other thing is, I've been, we were talking earlier today about um, the un, un, not uninformed, un, uninstructed world. Uninstructed worldly. I found uninstructed worldly. It's a phrase in the Buddha. As opposed to being foolish. And Peg uh, talked about the two differences of those two things that foolish is someone who's informed, but then goofs off. No. Foolish is just foolish. <laughs> okay. Foolish. But I, I, I came, I was looking and finding different ways that a Buddha said it. Another one was blind. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I really like that thing that, that the person who hasn't seen the Dharma is blind. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not foolish either. I just, they haven't seen it yet. As rare as it is to have a human life, to encounter the Dharma is even far rarer. So we're fortunate. We're fortunate. Kim, would you read that last bit of what you wrote with your vow? You know, at the bottom where you kind of got somewhere? <laughs> yeah, I did two pages saying, really you know, I couldn't do it. I couldn't I do it. I thought that that was just between Kim and me. I vow to be me, to try to wake up and see the effect of my actions on others, to try to be kind and thoughtful. And then I wrote, is that enough? A lot of beauty in all of your brain. Rosemary? Uh, yeah, so... Um... I have a question and, and also a vow. I make a vow to cultivate a tender heart. So even when interactions are difficult, um, my intention and delivery are uh, from an open, tender heart and never meant to hurt. Um, and my question is kind of back to Jessica um, and to everyone, really. Do you think that? Um, that vows are all collective. I didn't understand what she said. 
true. In other words, that our vows are personal, but that are they also collective? Oh, yes. Thank you for asking that. Like, like um, Darcy's is so incredibly um, beautiful and like you said, raw and, and um, so, so uh, deep. Um, and um, what Cassie said um, that was shared in inquiry too. So, um, you know, it just be really nice to appropriate um, them in a way. <laughs> no, I, I just, with appreciation and thank you. Well, this is that edge we live on, isn't it? Where we do things which are individual and personal, but we're inextricably connected and woven in to everything else and with everyone else. So is there a personal vow? Yes. Is it necessarily relational? Yes. It's not two. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, what I was thinking is it really helps me to um, to realize that it's that my vow can be helped by everyone, you know, that uh, by everyone, period. Right. You're going to be uh, influenced by everyone else's enactment of their vow, which is their life, and your life will impact everyone else. There's no way around it. So it's a good idea, as Kim was just saying, to pay attention <laughs> to what you do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm also really glad to hear that because I didn't feel like my vow was really from me. I mean, I know that I sat back there and wrote it, but it, there's so many teachings, you know, that I've gotten from y'all and from other teachers that, you know, I, I, I just really wanted to acknowledge that. So I'm, I'm really grateful about that. Yeah, yeah that's an important one. Yeah. Um, would you be willing to read the whole thing sure. at some point? Sure. We're going to talk to Bridget and then we'll come back. Now serving number three. <laughs> <laughs> right. I vow to live by the vow I made when I accepted the precepts several years ago. I aspire to practice Sazen for all sentient beings and myself. I vow to study the Dharma. I am open to learning from the causes and conditions handed down to me by my ancestors and the people with whom I interact daily. I aspire to live and encourage those I love to live lives characterized by fun, laughter, and affection. I will turn toward my own suffering and that of others. I will express compassion for others and for myself. I will soothe my anxious soul by sitting zazen, contemplative prayer, listening to and playing music, floating in water, creating art. I will do all of this with the companionship of my sangha, and those I love with deep gratitude. And what do you notice as you read it? Um, just a sense of relief that I can say this in front of you all, but I'm not anxious at all because of the connection I feel with so many of you, the huge spaces I see in both the Zendo and online. It feels good. Yeah. Thank you. And um, Cassie, then we we'll go to Melba. And uh, when Cassie sent a version of this to me so I could take a look at it, and there, of course, an image that goes with it. Uh -huh. Which is. Yeah, that I 
photograph of your, your house, <laughs> uh, of the Buddha looking through our porchway on the same day as uh, as we wrote these. Yes. Yeah. A backward step. I bow, holding my heart open, feeling those around me melting and melting into, not to. I vow to notice and hold as sacred the little things that go unnoticed in busy, everyday, habitualized life. To listen to the quiet space until I stop naming what I heard. I vow to make enough time for pain to not skip over what comes up for me or you. To offer compassion instead of judgment, especially when the roots are deep. When I feel lonely or forgotten, I vow to remember Max as a child running into my arms. I vow to be all of myself and accept light as easily as shadow. To accept all of you as we expand or contract. I vow to practice as a life. I vow, I vow to practice as a life, not to put it on, but to be it. I vow to attend to the question right now, the one that is present in front of me. There's a lot in that. It's nice to see that. And these, we would really appreciate receiving some of these. This, this is great teachings, teaching. you know? Yeah. Like that one that I read the other night. You get these from you guys, it's like amazing. So but you don't have to try to make anything, they're just naturally beautiful. Tell me. When I first took the precepts class and embraced those vows, they seemed overwhelming to me. And sometimes saying the Bodhisattva vow every day seems overwhelming to me. So I resonated with Jessica talking about the enormity of that. Um, so when you gave us this, this exercise, this practice, I realized in that moment that I can't do enormity I have to do it a bite at a time. That's how you eat an elephant. And so I think my what I wrote reflects that that um, settling and holding vows only as I, I can as as I can. Um, so it starts with and Darcy for much the same reasons as you because we lost daughters about the same time um, and other reasons. I started with. I vow to wake with gratitude for the gift of life, my life, all life. I vow to be courageous in the face of it. I vow to humbly bow my mind and open my heart to all I meet throughout my day. I vow to hold each moment, this moment, each doing, each person I encounter. Um, and this planet with love, compassion, equanimity, patience, and yes, again, more courage. I vow to carry the Dharma into each moment of my day. And when I forget to come back to that caring. Grateful to our ancestors and teachers and spiritual leaders and friends for their support. 
I vow to rest my distracted, discursive mind. Y'all have never seen that, I'm sure. Um, and hold it gently like a newborn. Calm it, settle it, and reorient it to the beauty that's before me each moment in my day when it doesn't want to see it. I vow to apply whatever gifts and talents I may have to the care of all beings, including myself in this world, resting in the knowledge that we are interconnected and interbeing, not to, and to look with curiosity at each form of life as it unfolds. I vow to remember it's all good. It all belongs a part of this unfolding creation and that every encounter is an opportunity to awaken along with the world. And again, I vow to be courageous. Thank you. A lot moved through you. Uh, I'll share what I wrote last night. Um, I don't know how to express it in words, but it's why I'm here. It's the call in the dark and Zazen is the response. I am the least of it sitting here on the whole great earth. Striding along the ocean floor, head above to take in the air, sailing, making my way, not leading, not following, staking a course on the open ocean, receiving the winds and taking up the line, driving waves, following waves, sensing the earth below, responsive to the unknown, trusting, turning and being turned without beginning or end. May I tend to a warm heart and put my faith in the silent call that led me here. Warm heart, deep mind, earnest to a fault, fearless in the midst of fear, devoted to the I know not what. So I keep wanting to throw in amens after the end. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I wrote quite a bit about doubt and uh, fear of making vows and, and all that stuff. But I got around to, after a while, got around to remembering that I, I actually have the capacity to recall the way that I can respond uh, when meeting others does not just rely on my limited capacities, but can also draw on the unfathomed depth of the being I share with my teachers, these warm-hearted friends, and all the ancestors that you spoke of last night that you wanted. Um, but they're, they're with us. You can help me. Even though I don't believe in spirits and ghosts and everything, I feel that presence. <laughs> I mean, their words are so powerful. Uh, so, no. 
was a that was a great lift for me to step out of like okay what am I promising to her wait this is this is the this is more an accurate presentation of the situation that's the shift that's in the sequence right from I to we mm -hmm. to wow wow is really the agent. I love that edge, that, and I know you're probably familiar with that, uh, one of Brad Warner's book. He said, there is no God, and he's always with you. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a paradox that we live with. Are there more that wants to be said, please? Uh, I uh, was one of the people who had a lot of trouble with this, and so I'll just share a little bit about that. And um, I this may be taking the uh, term bow very literally, uh, but I um, I was writing that the image I have of making a bow is of standing firm and strong and asserting something, making an affirmative statement to the universe. This is where I stand. Instead, I feel like we and so I was playing around with, well, can I think of this as a promise? I mean, that seemed right. yeah, hard or too. Like I didn't have the wherewithal, I didn't have the strong back. I like that image. And then also, that's something that a child makes to a parent. What? A promise? Yeah. Is, um, this is an apparent child. Right, thing. right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I settled on uh, a loving intention. And, and, and so I, what I wound up with was, with love, I mean to slow. I mean to slow down. So, uh, I mean to listen deeply. I mean to feel as deeply as I can, but not to push. And with love, I mean to notice when I am afraid to be gentle. Thank you for your vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Well, what I'm going to talk about is not exactly foul, but what I learned in our discussion that we had, uh, and it was from John Eric. Um, you know, I have some problems with uh, many lives before, and you know, I, I'm kind of anyway. And so John Eric was talking about the incredible gift and luckiness to have this life right now but incredible good fortune and he talked about the our parents who came before us and for the first time i was able to and I, it's hard for me to put into words grasp what had been given to me by my four parents and I could only do it as a parent and as a grandparent, thinking of all the care and time I took helping my children develop, and now I'm working with my grandchildren, and realizing that my parents did that for me, and theirs did it for them, and all that, all that care and love had come today through me. And it was, um,
it just gave me um, an understanding uh, for the first time of how much love had made me. And when I think of back in the first human days, what those people had to do to survive and to protect their children so their children could grow up. And all those people did that so that I and you could be here today. All that love that made you. Yes. That was and a strong I was, statement. I was never aware of it. You know, I, I couldn't yeah. grasp it. And I was uh, Mark Meepo line came to me from one of his poems. And it can't, and it's come in flawed abundance. It's everything that it is and overflowing. Yeah. Well, just that it's not just love, but lots of work. <laughs> yeah. And the kids yeah. don't appreciate it. That's the only <laughs> I know. It's like my grandkids. I'm driving every day somewhere to school, back. No, and we talk about the self-centeredness. It is absolutely selfless. Yeah. You know? Well, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> That's age appropriate. And John, those of us that got our rocker suits together, John and you and me and Stephanie and Jenny and Anne, and Anne that um, we didn't know if you would be here now. Yeah. And so that life. Yeah, I'm very grateful for. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm very grateful too. <laughs> I see people have their papers out. <laughs> I haven't said anything yet. I can share. Good. Um, so I think uh, similarly to what other folks said, there was some doubt followed by uh, making some vows anyhow. Uh, that's that's kind of how the structure fell out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think I think having practiced alone, vows are somewhat <clears throat> somewhat good of me. And uh, also, people <clears throat> people talking like I uh, there's there's a lot of happening, and for me, it's very much just like I just feel in my body, but I don't necessarily have the language to talk about it. So. Uh, it's it's more like oh it's physiological I just feel my heart moving and like my um, my body react but I don't have the I don't necessarily have I'm like I'm I feel like I'm just having hiccups so I, I don't have the language to necessarily talk about it at an emotional level but physiological stuff I can feel it happening people talk about these things but so uh, so all the illusions are certainly inexhaustible so this is me talking a little bit about the vows. Are certainly inexhaustible. I would like to believe that I can be a patient space for others to exhaust or extinguish these delusions. I, I know it will certainly fail. That said, the liberation is certainly possible. As for meditation as a vehicle, uh, explaining or promoting it to those who I, it you know sometimes need it the most feels a little bit like explaining a joke. It, it's it's not funny. <laughs> for me, to make a vow in a world of action is to make a vow for, hopefully, at best, constructive conflict, uh, even if it only applies to the realm of ideas and habits of others, or, or my own. Um, the concern there is signing up for 
signing up for them. There's a fear there. Um, and, you know, the fact is I'm still very much marinating or am marinating <clears throat> in a place where, you know, there's a freedom from, from that kind of discourse where I'm not, where I'm not treating my thoughts and words as, as peers to, to, or to respond to. Um, also having made vows that, you know, I, I did nothing to follow up on, um, you know, is that there's a little bit of a learned um, skepticism of making vows. So with all that settled, some vows I think that are, um, that, that feel, that feel like I'm not, I'm not going out on a limb with, with, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm committing to anything that isn't already there. I'd like to think that. Mm -hmm. I would like to remember how little control those around me have in actions, ideas, and postures. And I would like to, <clears throat> I would like to extend the same charity to myself. Um, I would like to, yeah, I would like to remember that thoughts are not, um, they're not, they're not peers to engage with. They are, you know, a toddler basically running around. Uh, and I would, I vow to be a space for beings to exhaust their delusion. Mm -hmm. Say that last um, Vow to be a space mm -hmm. for beings to exhaust their delusions. Mm -hmm. Just an open space that mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with their delusions, but I'm not, I'm not gonna <laughs> shut them away. I hope. And exhaust them. Hopefully, they're exhausting them, but I'm right. just there. What I'm getting in my body as I listen to you, this is how I've been around you much, you know, at all, is how uh, much this means to you. You take this seriously. You don't mess around. I hope so. I, I, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I know, but, but you're saying that, and the way you're saying it, and the way you're taking it is like, oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. And you said, I will know. That felt very intimate. Yeah. And I it, mm -hmm. Not knowing is most important. Thank you. So I don't want to share my vow. What I'd like to share is something Trent shared with me yesterday. That's okay about your companion. Because it made such an impact on me. And I shared it with Joel and, um, and Ellen and Darcy earlier today. Uh, I have, this is such a visual. He talked about saying Dobin's vow every morning as part of his practice. And he said he he pictures himself walking with Dogen and talking with Dogen. And I had this immediate visual of Trent walking in front of me from behind. And here's Dogen in his robes walking with him. And they're just walking and conversing down this path. And it was such a powerful visual of when we received Jukai and you talk about the ancestors. And I know Katrina is going to receive Jukai this Sunday. That, because that is the part in my Jukai ceremony that made such a difference to me. When you talked about all of these ancestors, like Joan was talking about, all of these ancestors that came before, now they're my ancestors. 
And that was such a... Um, and now you're an ancestor. Well... There's no way out of it. That's the way it goes. I just, and the ceremony, it says that. Uh, that's true, it does. I remember yeah. that. And I just I just think this that we do, we, we, we often gloss over what has come before to bring us to this point. And, and that was just such a, of the present and the past together. And that he could be so familiar with it, you know, so familiar. So anyway, I, did, I just, that just made, I'm still just resonating with that, so thank you. So make sure that you tell him at some point in the future, when you're imagining he had known him walking along, and suddenly you can tell which one is which. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that. Her generous description is clearly an image of Dogen lowering his standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that said one continuous mistake. Yeah. Could be a poop. <laughs> Can I read my vows? Yeah. <laughs> this is um, an outgrowth of feeling pulled along by something I don't quite understand and can't really explain, but this is of it. Uh, I vow to be completely myself. I vow to be the kind of merciful riverbed that only I can be. I vow to conduct myself as if Dogen's Zenji were my own personal companion. May I always offer myself unsparingly in the spirit of peace, love, and friendship, remembering that these qualities are what drew me to the Dharma to begin with. I vow to remain constant. I vow to be a Jisha's definition of one continuous mistake. <laughs> um, and lastly, I vow to stop groaning when I stand. <laughs> 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 You're pointing to somebody, Susan. Oh, oh, I'm here. <laughs> Wasn't quite expecting that. Um, hi, yeah. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, um, I think my vow from a very young child was to be a constant. You know, I was brought up with a lot of people that were asleep, you know, and, and the, the couldn't kind of be a constant or, and so my vow was always to kind of foster or develop a sense of constancy and kindness. And then it, it developed into wanting to be that for my nieces and nephews, you know, a place where they could come and it was always kind. And I think for me, there's something about, you know, we're always making a difference, good or bad, it's inevitable. We can't hide from that. And for me, it's about keeping an eye on the impact I'm having. What difference am I making and staying close to that, you know, staying close to my habits and ways so that um, the, you know, the, the impact I have is, is it, it's for me, it's about creating less suffering and, you know, finding a way and figuring out a way to help with that. I mean, I've been a carer for over 40 years since I was a child for for three people. And there's something about figuring out a way to help without getting in the way. That's been my journey. How do I help? I've come across a lot of people along that journey 
that have got in the way of helping but wanted to help it their intentions being to help but so for me it's something about um not getting in the way but being helpful and and just um and just taking care of that just being really mindful and um and i think uh, i'm just trying to see what i it, it's like um yeah it is it's just staying really close to all that i am and to to recognize um delusions and habits and and to to just i mean i've noticed that it, it's kind of like we're doing the forms again and again year after year it's like it cultivates that still place you know and it, it's kind of continuing to cultivate that still place so that the place i'm coming from is that still place because for me i feel right through my childhood and my life the only thing that's reached me is connection when there's connection and love that's existed so it's something about continuing to cultivate that still place so that i'm in con connection with another person and can offer that love and for me that's the that i feel that's the only way i could ever make a difference is to is to keep cultivating that still place so that the love is coming from big mind rather than ordinary mind it's coming from a a bigger space because we all have good intentions and i know throughout my life i've i've, I've always had good intentions but if if i'm not aware and awake to all that i am those good intentions might be coming from the wrong place a different place not the still place so it's kind of continuing to cultivate through the forms and through the dharma and keep coming back to sangha to to just not be in the way not get in the way and to be a constant for people to return to and to find connection and love and and yeah and i think that's uh, i've probably mumbled that because it's um 2am for me so <laughs> 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 i hope i made some sense thank you okay <laughs> 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 start <laughs> well it's a bit of a mess aren't we all yeah. Yeah. So I'll I'll. Where do you want to share? I don't know. I can't remember what I wrote. I mean, I know kind of what I wrote, but what? so I'll just. So what do you want to share? Okay. Um, it's kind of like what Maria was saying. So I I vow to to demonstrate respect and care for others. Respect. Respected care. And I, I vow, a big part of my vow is to really pay attention to what I'm doing and how it's having impact and paying attention to that and, and, and having the courage of being able to turn to that and work with all this whole community that sits here and, uh, and take care. And once I, as I learn better how to take care of all those voices and all those needs, I think that the care for others improves. So that's a lot. You've learned that. I have learned that, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so yeah, that's, and of course, somebody said something about tender care, that's what you mean part of it. So, yeah, And you have done that. Couple more minutes. Anything remaining? It's really rich. Any? Just say a word or two, just into the group. Like, what are you noticing in, in your body or in your heart? Or just listening and being in this. What? What? What are some things you'd say? Safety. Say it louder. Safety. <laughs> Safety. I feel. So safe to know that these people I care about are mm -hmm. have told me this is what they're committed to. It's like, oh, this is the field we're playing in. Mm -hmm. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> I'll meet you there. <laughs> Enriched. 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 Expanded. Feeling heartbreaking. Heartbreaking in a good way. Encouraged. Inspired and um, Mary Beth says humbled. Touched and connected. That's why we do these things. I've been thinking all week about this air in the room, like bow, where it seems to have no strength whatsoever. And then these photographs we've seen of tornadoes and how powerful they are. And, and the bow is kind of like that, you know, where, where we don't feel anything, but then can do such a mess, good and bad. But I don't know if I was too bad today. It's almost too bad. Was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He was wondering. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Wondering if bow could be bad, could have a bad effect. Oh, sure. We had basically a tornado when you guys came back. The power of your vows. You stayed together through the power of your vows. You supported each other. That's how we know the strength of those vows, right? Three years of pandemic. See your teachers moving. It can only be explained by vows. I'm not just saying I walked in exhausted and now I'm like full of energy and joy and love. <laughs> it's almost like um, the vows are tornado in the sense of once you're caught up in it, once once you're there, it's like you it, it's in, you can't go the other way. You have to go the way the tornado's going. There's no going <laughs> the other way. You know, you're you're on it now. You you're with it and. 
and it, it, you just can't there's no there's no escape not that you want an escape but there isn't one because it's in you it's you can go the other way but it will cost you <laughs> one peril you say we make vows but really vows make us yeah mm. we'll say more about these things yeah. as we go forward prepare for kenya 